I was always taught, you know, luck is a, is a thing that's supposed to happen, but I believe luck only exists on the golf course. Amen? Amen. Amen. Luck does not exist except on the golf course. All right. Um, I wanted to share with you today uh, uh, a message of hope. Um, throughout our lives, we um, find that people will consistently uh, live up to or down to the people that they believe themselves to be. Even for us as Christians, even for us as followers, sometimes the trials and tribulations and, and the situations that we face in this world make us feel less important, make us feel unworthy. Amen? Sure they do. So what I wanted to share with you um, is, is from the, the book of Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 5. And we're going to look at the first nine verses. So let's do that. We're going to look. Let's, let's, let's stand together as we look at God's Word. It's just nine verses, so you won't have to stand that long. Okay? <laughs> and I read slow. But anyway, for we know, here we go, we know what? We're going to come back to that. For we know that if, this earth, if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. Praise the Lord. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now, he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, summary, uh, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We walk, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Verse 9, therefore... We also have our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. Let's pray. God, thank you for this word. Thank you for allowing us the privilege to know you. And thank you for the promise and the hope that we have through Jesus Christ. Amen. Have a seat. I just want us to think about this for a moment today. It's a real simple message. And uh, I used my brother Brian uh, this morning, so I'm going to use him again. We get to meet every Thursday. We have breakfast um, at Two Peas. And, uh, uh, you know, the struggles of life, the struggles of uh, the times uh, prepare us sometimes as Christians. We think, you know, I'm just ready to go on to heaven. I'm just ready for this life on earth to be over so I can be in glory. Have we ever felt like that, church? Have you ever went to a big city? Have you ever went to a place that you're not familiar with and you're driving along and the GPS has told you to turn and you didn't listen and so now you're lost? And, and you stop and you finally ask somebody, you say, I'm not from around here. I'm just passing through, but I'm lost. You know, life sometimes feels like we're lost. But let me tell you this, we're just passing through. We're not, this is not our home. The Bible tells us that when we are born again as believers in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are pilgrims. When I had the privilege to go to Israel, they told us that we were walking on a pilgrimage, that we were walking the steps and the places where Christ had been. And this life is nothing but a short time 
as we move on, as we're strangers in this land. First Peter tells us that. When we are saved, that we become what? Citizens of heaven. I mean, isn't that a good feeling to know that I'm a citizen of Hendry County, of LaBelle? But I know that there is something greater for my citizenship, and that is standing in the presence of God, perfect, righteous, and holy. So since this is true, sometimes I think that the world pulls us you know, and, and, and even heaven pulls us. We long, like, like we long to be home. We want to be home with the Lord because of the burdens, the trials, and the stipulations, and the circumstances that we go through in this life sometimes feel like too much, and we're just ready to go. I mean, we've all, I mean, we, can I, is it safe to say that we're all felt that way before? We're just ready to go on, get out of here. You know, Paul seems to, to, to write this real well. He says in, in first, uh, I'm sorry, in uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, he said that, For I am, in a, I am torn between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is the better. Desire to be apart with Christ, for that is very much better. Christ, Paul seems to be writing from his heart, doesn't he? He seems to be talking about things that we talk about, that we're ready to move on. You know, he's kind of pinned down other places. It seems that he's saying, I feel like just moving on. I feel like moving on. Obviously, there are times when we feel the same way. I know we do. There are times when we look at life and all the burdens and the sorrow and, and the things that's, that come up. We're just like, you know, I, I, I'm just going to be honest, and I, and I confess, and I'm sure we've all done it, that we, we feel like just moving on. And these verses are precious to us today because we can find some help for our hearts in this, this journey of life that we go through because we, we are here for a small time. For a small time, but we are here. And, you know, uh, I want us to just think for a few moments today that, as Paul described here in this letter to the church at Corinth, uh, that he felt like moving on. And so Paul shared some special words uh, with them, and I wanted to share those with you today. Um, some words about hardship. Um, Paul, he doesn't pull any punches when he, when he talked about that uh, a difficulty believers are going to face, the, the, the troubled times that we will be in, this foreign, cursed, sinful land that we live in now, we will uh, move on and it will be hard for us. But in verse 1, we see that what? Life is temporary. Amen? Amen. He says that in two words he uses a tent or a, a, a temporary dwelling place. That our earthly tent, we know Paul was a tent maker. He, he, he made tents. So when he was speaking this to the congregation of the church in Corinth, they totally understood the, 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 paraphrase, the reference that he was making. That uh, in this metaphor that our bodies are like uh, a tent. You know, it'll weather. It's a temporary home for our soul. The King James Version uses dissolving. That our, it says that our house is torn down. King James says that it is dissolving. You know, our body is dissolving. Um, uh, this word means to demolish or to destroy or to loosen. You know, uh, this word was used, uh, the loosen, as uh, referred to travelers reaching the end of their journey and loosening the straps on their, their shoes or, or their mule that carried their, their stuff with them that, that they can say uh, that the burdens is done, that I'm, I'm loosed from this world. In other words, it's a temporary time 
in our life. It's a, it's a short time. These mortal bodies will fall away, and the bonds that keep us um, attached to this world will, will fade away, and we'll leave from here. I mean, that's a good promise. Amen? I want us to think about two things real quick, two things that, uh, that, bring, that it comes to mind. One is the blessing, and the other is the burden. The blessing of this life and its problems will not last forever. That's the blessing. The burdens and the trials of this life will not last forever. You know, we walk around and we tell everybody, have a blessed day. Be blessed. You know, I'm blessed because I know that this life is temporal and that my kingdom with the Lord will last forever. Um, I, I shared with the, the first service that uh, some, as I studied and prepared for this message, I, I found a new favorite Bible verse. You want to know what it is? It's all over the Old Testament. You can go back and look through it. And, uh, and it says that it, it, it came to pass. It came to pass. And this life will come to pass. And, and it didn't come to stay, but merely to just travel through. The second thing is the burden. The burden, because life is temporal, we were all touched by the hand of death. We all know that certainly one day we shall take the dirt nap, right? We will, we will die, and that's nothing that's uh, unusual to us. We, uh, we leave this world, we must be prepared. There's the, there's, the, there's the urgency. We must be prepared to leave this place. This is one truth that makes this temporal life a difficult time. Um, we can see in verses 2 and 4 that life is a tragic time. Look what it said in verse 2. It says that um, Paul uses this word to describe life's tragedies that we groan. Now, I've heard some of you groan when we tell you what's for dinner on Wednesday night. You know, you've made that comment before. But, you know, are, are, are we groaning to be with the Lord um, also, it says in, in verses 4, to, 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 it's kind of like a sigh of heaviness within that we are burdened. You know, if you have a burden on your, on your heart, you just feel like you need to do something, you just feel like you have to do it. You know, that's the way we feel, burdened. This word means to be pressed down on the inside. That, you're, that you can't, your, your mortality is in verse 4 saying that um, which is mortal or liable to death. We shall die this body will cease to exist um paul i think you know he uses these words uh to remind us that this life is filled with tragedies and trials and trauma um you know after we've lived here quite some time some of us longer than others uh we uh, we really don't need to anyone to tell us that you know we don't need anyone to tell us that the troubles of life are real we don't need because it happens to each of us amen i mean we all go through it but we we must remember that the bible makes it abundantly clear that as long as we are in this world we will face trials and we can look in job we can look in john ecclesiastes they're all it's all there um you know we deal with diseases we deal with uh, aging death many tragedies um, life can bring our way. You know, I believe that's one of the, the hardest things that we go through is a loved one passing on. You know, we're selfish and we go, man, I just really wanted them to stay here with me because I love them so much. And so that's being selfish as a, as a child of God because we know that when they know Christ, they're in the presence of the Lord immediately. 
Okay, And so that's just something we should uh, be excited about. We are made to understand that this life is a life filled with problems, but thank God it's only temporary, right? Verse 7, we can see that life is a testing time. We are told that we are to navigate this world, to walk by faith. How many of you ever use that GPS in your car or on your phone? How do you like that GPS, Dad? He don't like it. He don't like it because it's hard to navigate. It's hard to pay attention. It's hard to, to, to work with. But we, we walk by faith in this world, don't we? We walk by faith, and we know that uh, uh, God will allow us to pass through all the lives of events, all the life events that we face, the tragedies and the traumas. But it's kind of like it's preparing us for the glory. It's getting us ready for our earth, for our heavenly home. He uses the pressure of this life to, re, to remake us into what? His perfect image. We can find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. That's his goal for us. Listen to this. There's an illustration. A preacher had, had lost his family in a tragic fire, and he was walking through town one day. This preacher was, and his mind was troubled and questioned. He was, he was, he was questioning his faith. He was questioning God. You know, because he wondered how God, who was thought to be so good, allow something so tragic to happen to him. And he just was, he was, he couldn't stop thinking about it. And, he, and, and, and how could the Lord, how could this God allow him to go through this? He was thinking about just quitting on the Lord. But as he walked, he passed a construction site where this huge cathedral was being built. And as he watched the men work, he noticed that one of the men was carving out a small triangle out of granite with a chisel and a hammer. And the preacher called out to the, to the stonemason and he said, he said uh, what are you making? Well, the workman stopped and he pointed to a place near the top of the great cathedral. And he said, do you see that tiny open triangle near the top of the roof? The preacher answered, yes. He said, uh, well, the, the workman said, I'm carving this out down here so that it'll fit in up there. Then the preacher understood that God, what God was doing. He's kind of like carving us out down here to have us prepared and ready for that place up there. Amen. He's preparing us uh, to be ready when he does call us home. Our trials, friends, our trials were not seen to destroy us, but to shape us for his glory. Amen. I mean, to, to provide us uh, uh, a foundation to know that he does love us. And the second thing I want us to look at, some words about hope. You know, we, uh, this life, obviously, we've talked and we know from experience that it's full of problems and tragedy. But there's hope while we travel, while we're here. Amen? Amen? That's good preaching, Pastor Preston. Amen? All right, here we go. Y'all are with me. Good, good, good. So Paul shows us the downside of life, doesn't he? He shows us that, you know, there's a positive side. That all the things that we experience in this life is not the end. We're, we, we, we're, we're traveling on. And as uh, a believers, uh, there's a hope for every child of God. That There's a hope for all believers. In verse 4, we have this comforting hope. He tells us that we are clothed upon, that, we, that mortality will be swallowed up by life. When we die, we 
end up in eternal life. So Paul makes a very good point, telling us that this earthly life will draw close and we will lay down to this temporal body and that we will be in our new body in a new life that's awaiting for us in heaven. It's just there waiting for us. Verses uh, uh, 4 in the chapter 21 of the book of Revelation talks about it. It says that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no more. The, pre- the previous things have passed away is what he tells us. The bodies are fading away. And I can tell how mine is fading away like my hairline did, you know. But, you know, we try everything to, to make ourselves look better. You know, I, I, I struggled when I first started losing my hair. I had a little landing pad right here, like a helicopter pad. And I see Wayne laughing, but, you know, he's running a close second race. But it really bothered me when I started losing my hair. I had a complex. And when people made fun of me, I had a problem. But I've grown to learn that it's, uh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Um, we, our lives, it says, we just read that our bodies are dissolving. They're going away. Verse 1 tells us that. Listen to this. This little boy, um, he was watching his mother one night put on some white goo all over her face and just before she would go to bed. And so she would let him sit there for a few minutes and, and, and you know, as, he, as she wiped it off, her little boy was watching his mother and he watched her for several nights and finally his curiosity just got the best of him. And he said, Mom, you know, while she was sitting there and about to take the cream off, he said, Mama, why do you put that white goo all over your face? She said, Well, um, as she began to take off the cream, it's to make me beautiful. Well, he said, well, it ain't working, is it? <laughs> Sounds like something I'd say, right? I put my, 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 mouth, my foot in my mouth before like that. But the fact is, these bodies are wearing out, amen? Okay? Someone has said that you know that you are aging when, Daryl, it takes you longer to rest up than it did to get tired. <laughs> You're aging when most of your dreams are reruns. When you sit down in a rocking chair and you can't get it started, your mind signs contracts that your body can't keep. My dad used to always tell me that. He said, son, if I was as strong as I think I am, I would whoop your butt. He would tell me that. Your mind signs contracts that your body can't keep. When you don't care where your wife goes as long as she don't ask you to go with her. When your knees buckle, Daryl, but your belt won't. When you sink your teeth into a stake and they stay there. Last but not least, when everything hurts, but what doesn't hurt doesn't work. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 3.20, All go to one place, all are from the dust, and all return to the dust. There's a story about a little boy, he was... Uh, he, he got all shook up, and he ran downstairs. He's scared to death. And his mother said, what's wrong, what's wrong? The little boy said, Mom, didn't the preacher say that our bodies um, come from the dust? She said, yeah, that's what he said. Well, Mom, didn't the preacher also say that our bodies will go back to the dust? She said, yes. Well, he said, Mama, you better come upstairs and look under my bed because something's either coming or going. 
<laughs> you know, that's the way life is, isn't it? There's some coming, and there's some going. People are passing away, and people are being born. We had the privilege of having little Catherine, Bethany, sorry, Catherine, I don't know who that is, but Bethany Zimmerly was here this morning, and she's just a week old. And you know what a great uh, life is. And, and, and sometimes, um, you know, we, we, our bodies just go back to the dust. That's just the way it is. But, thank God, there's a comforting hope, right? Why? Because we're just passing through. We're just going through this world. We're just here for a time. Verses 1 and 6, we find a confident hope. Paul uses uh, a language like, we know. That's what I said. When, I, I, when you read the first part of the scripture, it says, for we know that. What do we know? Chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 says, Now I make known to you, this is Paul still speaking to the church in Corinth, he says, Now that I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which you also received, in which you also stand. He was talking to believers. He was talking to believers. So we have, we know, in verse 1 says that we have, we have and we know that we are always confident, it says in verse 6. He's not talking about a hope that is a maybe thing. He's talking about a hope that is I know so thing. I know. Okay? I'm glad today that we do not have to worry about whether or not things will work out for us in eternity. Amen? I don't have to worry. Is it going to work out? Is it going to work out? I just know that God told us it's worked out. No reason to worry. No reason to wonder. Um, and you know what? In, in Hebrews chapter 6, it tells us that God cannot lie. We do, but He cannot. This should bring comfort to our hearts. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that He hath begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So, what the Lord has started, He will complete. It will come to pass. When we take our saved loved ones to the cemetery, it is just their body that we are leaving there. Scripture tells us that when, when uh, someone passes away, they pass to eternity into the presence of the Lord. We are already going to be with the Lord. And I find comfort in that. Don't you, church? To know we merely just leave this world and go into the presence of the Lord. What comfort that is. Also in verse 9, a cleansing hope. Paul tells us that um, the hope we have within us causes us to live right and work actively for the glory of God. We should want to please Him. We should want to live a life worthy of the gospel. Worthy of the gospel. Whether we are here, whether, no matter where we are, we should desire to be found pleasing in His sight. It's not that you do good works to get there. It's because you are there, you want to do the good works. Because you want those around you to see the love of Christ and who He is. 1 John 3, 3 tells us that. That if we really believe He is coming for you one day, either by death or by the rapture of the church, that we want to live a life pleasing to the Lord. Some words about our home. Uh, Paul 
tells us about this home that we are headed to. Uh, and thank God that this is a place that's not built by human hands. You know, we, we're, we're raising money. We're, we're, we're making pledges for this building back here. But we know that one day that building's going to be torn down. That building may not exist forever as our bodies won't exist forever. But while that building's here, we are to use it to glorify God. Amen? That's why we built it, to educate and to disciple believers in their walk with God and to tell those that don't know who God is, He is there for you. Romans 10 says, For all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ, I pray that you call on His name today. Our hope is in a home that's perfect place, Paul says. A building of God, not made of hands. Now, I've got a pretty weird imagination sometimes. But when I think about my home in heaven, there's going to be fishing, Matt. There's going to be the best fishing poles ever. You know, it's, it's a home that is lasting. Um, it's a home that, that, you know, God makes no junk. It's one of the things I struggle with. You know, obviously you all know that I love children, period. I don't care how they act, what they look like, how they smell. Some of them smell stanky, you know, but I don't care. And I have a problem when adults say that a child is being bad. Personally, no one is bad because God creates things. It says when he created man, it was good. Sin destroyed it, but God created it and it was good. All children are good people. They just make bad choices like you and I. But God created it and, and it was good. God said. So, um, you know, God doesn't make junk. This world is sinned, is, is tainted by sin, but, but none of these things um, that defile this earth will enter into heaven. We don't take our struggles with us. Our problems stay here. I mean, heaven is a place where there are no trials, where the trials and the burdens and sins and the fault of this world cannot enter. It's not going. There's no death, there's no tears, there's no burns, there's no trials, there's no devil, there's no evil, there's no sadness, there's no sorrow, no grief, nothing to defile us, discourage us, defeat us. Defeat will never, ever darken that glorious land. Amen. Amen. It is a perfect place being prepared for a redeemed people by the blood of Christ. You have been redeemed. That's something to be excited about, amen? I mean, it's a place that's being prepared for you. John 14, we all know what it says. He's going to prepare a place for you. And you know, when I look at Scripture and it says that God spoke and the world was created, and if He's spending all this time to prepare a place for us, a person uh, 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 that's outside of time that can speak and things are created, but He's taking time and He's preparing it for us, man, this must be glorious, amen? It must be glorious, and it's exciting to know that we will spend that time with him in that perfect home. Verse 1 tells us that our home is permanent, that it's not going to be destroyed. This earthly body is temporary, right? But in James 4.14, a place that we're headed to is permanent, eternal in heavens, is what we read. Eternal. Um, What does eternal mean? Never ending. 
It does not come to an end. It never will fade away. The residents of heaven will endure in it, this glorious city, forever. I love it. Verse 8 tells us that our home is a precious place. We go immediately into the presence of the Lord. As soon as we die, as soon as we, we close our eyes, and, and, and did you know that when you, all people, when they pass away, the last thing they do is exhale their breath. <sighs> Life is over. But what happens? For those who believe in Christ as Lord and Savior. Life just begun. The beginning of foreverness. Man, that's a precious place that God has built for us. I mean, you know, this, this clay tabernacle that will fold up and fade away. Our redeemed souls will last forever. Um, we speak of these uh, streets that were made of gold, uh, jasper walls, angelic hosts, pearly gates, the foundations of precious stones. But the presence of Jesus Christ is what's going to be the glorious thing that we stand in. You know, I don't think that we're going to be, wow, this place is so gorgeous. We're going to be like, there's my Savior. I'm in the presence of God. Everything else doesn't matter. That's the way we will feel. That is what Christ said when he told us that this glory is that his glory that will light up the city. There will be no need for a sun because the presence of God will supply the light that we need. I mean, his presence is, I mean, I can't imagine to stand face to face with my Savior. I was made fun of in the first uh, uh, service this morning because I uh, butchered a word. And have you ever heard of the great rock of the Gibraltar? Okay, well, I hadn't until I, I looked up this message. But I said gibulator in the first message, so I'll just let you in on that, that funniness. But uh, it's this big rock that's in Europe, and it's rising up out of the sea, and it had some caves in it. And there were these people that were, were traveling, and they would go there in these caves, and they would find rest, and they would wait for a while. Well, while they were there, they chiseled into the rock of the Gibraltar these words in Latin, and it said, nay plus ultra, which means nothing is beyond. There is nothing beyond. So, uh, as far as they knew, this rock of the Gibraltar was the end of earth. It was the last thing. There was nothing else. There was no more. Well, as we know, um, the great Christopher Columbus, right, sailed the ocean blue, right? Okay. And uh, he came to find the Americas. And so he went back and he told everybody what he had found. And so... Uh, these, uh, these, this brand new world that he discovered. And so he told the people when he got back, and, and these same guys, they went back to this, the top of the rock of the Gibraltar, and, and, and where it was chiseled, they, they took off the word nay, and it simply left the word plus ultra. The inscription, which before had read, no more beyond, now read more beyond. There was something else. Just like this life. This is not the final stop. Brothers and sisters, this is just a place that we're traveling through. It's a place that we need to glorify God because we love Him and all our words, our actions, and our deeds. But we have to find that hope and that confidence that we know that He has already prepared this place for us. And this is not the end of our journey. There is more beyond. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But as it is written, there's not been an eye that has seen 
nor an ear that has heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which hath prepared for them that love him. God has prepared something unimaginable for our little finite minds to comprehend. But it's glorious and it's everlasting and it's a promise that we can take to the bank because it's guaranteed. We're not going to have to worry about our visas. You're not going to have to worry, did I bring my ID with me? Your ID has been paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? And you know, maybe you're here today and you've never said, I I have never knew that I needed to ask the Lord to forgive me of my sins. And I believe that Jesus is who he says he is, the Lord of Lords. Maybe that's you. And if it is, I pray that today you decide, you know what? Oh, man, what I I heard today, I want to know that I've got a home in heaven that's eternal. And I want to know that while I'm here, I might be getting shaped and trials and tribulations might last, but it's not going to last forever. Maybe if that's you, I pray that you ask the Lord to be your Savior today. It's not about the prayer that you pray. It's about believing that he is who he says he is. So if, as Tara comes and leads us in worship, you know, I say it every time I get the privilege to stand here before you. Pastor Frank always makes this comment. The, cho- the doors of our church are open. Well, you know, Casey's standing back there and the doors aren't open. But what that means is we, we, we are a member of First Baptist Church. And, and, and by being a member, you're saying, you know, I agree with what they stand for. I agree with the ministry of this church, and I want to be a part of that. And so I invite you, if you, if, if you believe that Christ is your Lord and Savior, you want to be a member of this church and, and, and find out how we can plug you in to help glorify God, please come. Come to this altar and pray. So let's stand as Tara leads us in worship. And if anything is going through your mind or in your heart, please come and ask the Lord to be with you.